The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, good day, good evening, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to uh, America's Web Radio. Um, I have to start off today with some news that is not great. In fact, it's rather stunning almost to me even. Um, apparently in Virginia this past week, there was a shooting of a school teacher by a student. Now, here's the shocking part. The student was six years old. And you're kind of wondering, how would a six-year-old even understand the concept of what he was doing? Apparently, he found his mom's gun or knew where it was and got it, took it to school, and he shot a teacher. Now, he only shot one time and apparently went through her hand into her chest. Now, she's still okay. Now, she's alive in the hospital. But uh, What caliber? Nine millimeter. An Ataris 9mm. Hollow point or? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get specifics on that, but yeah, hollow point would probably, it might have exploded more on her hand oh, and man. not cause as much damage in the right. chest. But depending on the, how close. Are you going to speak into the microphone or are you oh. just going to stand there talking to my but. ear? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yes, I'm a professional. <laughs> if you're going to talk, then talk so everybody I, can hear you. I am a professional, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on Tuesdays. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point, David. That's the point. Um, no, if if uh, so, let me ask you this, Roger, because you probably know. If it even if it was a hollow point, but at a at, at a very close distance, close couldn't it get through the hand? Yeah, oh, it the, could. Yeah, because they're not made to expand right away. They're not right. meant to explode on impact. Exactly, anything like that. So that's and why it's I'd amazing because I actually did a uh, shooting scenario once where we were shooting through windshields. All right. And the guy says, you know, if you don't want to use if you want to use some of your carry ammo to shoot through the windshield to see how it reacts. Now might be a good time to do that because it's the kind of training you can't get just anywhere. It's not like you can go through the mall parking lot and just start blasting through people's windshields. But um, it was fascinating the results that we were getting because obviously the bigger calibers did better. It was surprising to see how much better a forty-five did than a nine millimeter on a windshield. And also, you got to remember the tilt of a windshield affects impact. As you're shooting into a windshield, it tends to angle downward. As you're shooting out of a windshield, it tends to angle up. And we did both in this training scenario. So it's very informative to know how the bullet was to travel. And this would be comparable a situation in the hand. Was the hand tilted? Was it straight up? Was it was she trying to cover herself with her hand? I don't even know if she saw it coming. But she was shot once and then the first thing she did was try and get all the students out of the classroom safely before leaving, even though she had been shot through the hand and in the chest. So she's being hailed as a hero as well. She should. I mean, I don't think anybody expects a first grader to bring a gun to school and shoot at a teacher. It just seems that they would have no concept of what they were doing unless they just, you know, I don't know what kind of exposure they would have to have to even try that. So maybe, odd. Maybe this was uh, the case that they've all been talking about for an infinitum is that the gun did it. Oh, yeah, it was the gun's fault. Yeah, the fact that a six-year-old could fire it, yeah. But if he had stolen a car and drove down the street and killed a few people, that would have been the kid's fault or the parent's fault. Well, now that's one That's one of the biggest questions here is they obviously can't charge a six-year-old for this. He has no concept of what he's done necessarily. I mean, apparently there was an altercation. They don't say exactly what happened. But apparently there was some sort of altercation, and the gun was fired once. And apparently the gun had more bullets in it, but he just fired it once. 
And like I say, he's probably, he had probably never fired a gun before in his life. So when he fired, it probably scared him as well as everybody in the classroom, as well as the teacher who got shot. <clears throat> so it's just an odd scenario. And they're kind of saying now, well, they can't charge a six year old with this. Now it was his mom's gun and she had purchased it legally. So it wasn't anything he found or anything like that. My question is, where is Keith Ellman? Oh yeah, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Where's, uh, Where's Keith, our guest from a couple of weeks ago? This is, yeah, and he's a teacher up there in uh, Baltimore, I think it was. Maryland, yeah, it's up in Maryland, which is right next door to Virginia. I mean, not the same, but in that area. And apparently the gun was legally owned by his mom. He apparently had acquired it, or the student, yeah, six-year-old boy. Now, he's in custody now. Well, not jail. They got him in a medical facility now. Because, I mean, he seems to be kind of unaware of what all the repercussions of this are are happening to him. And now the discussion with the district attorneys is, do they go after the parents? Do they go after the mom who had the gun, who let him get it? And this is going to spur on all kinds of conversation now about safe gun storage laws and safe gun storage rules and responsibility for having a gun and keeping it safe away from children. All you have to do is put it in Biden's garage next to his Corvette. Yeah, and that will keep it safe. Right. Completely safe. No one will ever get to that. Yeah, or no kidding. Oh my gosh, I re- read a little bit about that. Mm. That was nuts. Well, apparently, I mean, it's just odd that a six-year-old would do this. It kind of opens up a whole new chapter in this, you know, gun violence, I guess. But, uh, you know, violence would imply there was some, I guess, you know, bad feelings or something. I mean, the kid, obviously, he did pull out the gun and shoot the teacher. And he shot it at her deliberately. It wasn't a misfire. It wasn't accidental. He he held it up, shot it at her. So it wasn't like it was an accident. Because most children under a certain age, most gun injuries or deaths are caused by misfires. They don't know what they're doing. They're playing with it. They don't know how it works. And boom, it goes off. But this apparently from what the, the students and the teacher said, it was deliberate. He pulled it out and he shot it. No hesitation whatsoever. And now they're trying to decide how they're going to prosecute this. Because the law doesn't allow a six-year-old to be prosecuted for this. So even if he's, even though he's a juvenile, they're not even going to prosecute him in, in juvenile court. Because he, he's not capable of understanding what they'd be prosecuting him for. Now the parent, apparently the mother may, I would think, would stand a chance of losing their custody of their son at this point because not being able to keep her weapon safe out of his hands and even when it's missing not realize it's missing and letting him take it to school not thinking to i mean i would be in a panic if i couldn't find one of my weapons especially with kids in the house let's say kids that young you know older kids they should know better and they should abide by the rules because a friend who sent me this story he uh he sent it to me and he's got a 15 year old in his house and he goes yeah i got some guns i can't find i go yeah but your son is 15 years old he shot guns before. He knows how to operate them. He would not be taking it to school and shooting somebody. He goes, no. If he wanted to, he could. He could sneak one. He knows where they are. He's 15 years old. He's not a six-year-old. But to be able to let a six-year-old get a hold of your gun, that just to me seems like that's a little bit of ne- There's some negligence there. Absolutely. So I'm curious to see how this pans out or what they're going to have to do. I mean, are they going to take the kid away from this woman? The, 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 the teacher was a woman in her 30s, but that's all they released about her. You know, Roger, in my warped mind, uh, as I listened 
as I listen to you talking about it and that, you know, where would a six-year-old get training on it? A video. And YouTube. You can, yeah. when me, me and Victor were just talking about it. You can learn almost anything on YouTube. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's easy to, it's always easy to pick up rocks and throw them. And yeah, no training needed. Yeah. Uh, monkey see, monkey do. And, and the same way with the parents. Uh, yeah, negligence on their, but, but, you know, a kid, I know I was, uh, from the time I could walk in boots, I had boots on, and as soon as I could scra- strap on my Roy Rogers pistols. Right, right. Had toy guns to play with. Yeah. It wasn't that unusual. And so I, you know, it's, and they, they make, they make or our, our police departments used to make a big deal out of it. Now they can't make a big deal out of anything. But having the orange rubber stopper at the end of the barrel. Right, was, right. But, you know. But he must have had toy guns or seen scenes on TV yeah. which showed people getting shot. So he, he, had, he had seen this somewhere before. He wouldn't know even what to do with it. I guess, I guess the other thing, I assume it. It was a semi-automatic. And it said Taurus is all I could find, which more than likely, if it's a 9 millimeter, I'd say 99.9% chance it's a semi-automatic. Okay, so, you know, I doubt that he could uh, lock and load. At right, Unle- it probably was already loaded. Yeah. I, I can't imagine him being able to rack a slide on a yeah. 9 millimeter handgun. So, And the safety obviously must have been off unless he had some idea or accidentally knocked it off if it even had a safety and if the safety was even applied. So he's sitting there with a uh, loaded weapon. Yep. And uh, apparently it was loaded when he got it and they uh they said the gun had more bullets in it. It was not he didn't it wasn't just one round, it was loaded. So you know, literally and we don't know whether his mother took him to school or he took the bus or you don't know the other circumstances you that know, he could have pulled else. it and and uh, done a lot of harm, you know. One report said he was searched that day when he came to school because there was some question as to whether he was going to be a danger or something. And I was like, I don't, I didn't quite understand what they didn't say Why? what spurred that on. Yeah. So I don't know, but that was just interesting that they searched his backpack and didn't find anything in it. Did he know they were looking for that? I mean, I guess they must have had an idea. I mean, he must have had an idea that he wasn't supposed to have it. I can't imagine he was walking around like that thinking it was okay for him to have that in school. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're trying to figure out where he obtained it. So, I'd like to know where he found it, how he, you know, if he took it, did he just happen to see it on the ground and pick it up? Did he go into his mom's purse or holster or nightstand and take it from there? There's there, This actually poses more questions than it answers when a six-year-old shoots somebody in a classroom. It's just, you know, it's one of those things you, you think you're never going to hear about. Or if it is, you think it's going to be some sort of accidental thing. But apparently, from what they said, it was a deliberate act. He pulled, pointed, and it pulled the trigger. So it's just, it's crazy. But you think it was a single gunshot fired. That's all they got. And it was slow and it had more bullets in it. So that's something I'd like to, I'd like to know exactly what model it was and if it had a safety, if it didn't have a safety. And obviously it was probably not in a holster because 
If it had been, it would have been much harder for him to release it from a holster or pull it out of a holster and get to it. So that's something to consider too. I mean, some, I know some women carry guns in purses without having any holster on them, which to me is a bad idea because I've seen some women's purses and all the stuff they carry in them. And I've seen accidents where a pen can pull a trigger on a gun, had a guy putting one into the back of his pickup truck. And as he slid it between the front, the, the bottom seat and the back seat, it hit a pen or screwed over something and fired around right through the bottom of the floor of the pickup truck. So, you know, and it was accidental, of course, but, you know, it happened. He didn't see the pen there, screwdriver, whatever it was. He went to slide it in, and it didn't have a holster, and it fired the weapon. So I imagine there was no safety on it, and I imagine it was not in a holster. Or if it was, he managed to get it out and take it without the holster. But I still want to know how he found it, where he got it, how long he had it, how long did she know it was missing, was she even aware it was missing? Could it be something she bought and just threw in her nightstand and never, never used, never looked at? But that's something we're going to have to see. I mean, there's more, like I say, more questions here than answers. But that is just shocking when you hear that. Now, you may think, this has never, ever happened before. When have we ever had this kind of violence in America? Well, apparently, let me find this, uh, 23 years ago, another six-year-old boy fired a gun in school, and his victim was one of his classmates, a little six-year-old girl. And, you know, it's just crazy, but you think, you know, oh, here we go. And now, granted, it was 23 years apart, but uh, this was in Michigan, and it was two other first graders. There was a little uh, little girl, blue-eyed, red hair. They said she loved to dress up and sing, and the boy was a, he was a black kid versus a white kid, so there was some racial tension there as far as that goes. Now, he came from a broken home. So he was went off to live with his uncle because his mom had some sort of issue. So, you know, there's there's factors that played into this. And everyone says, oh, that's just no excuse. It's no excuse. Well, yeah, it's not. But when you're six, you don't know any better. And when you find something and you're allowed to watch whatever TV you want. Now, should a six-year-old be able to watch violent shows on television? I'm going to say no. And a lot of people will disagree with me and say that the child should be taught better than that. And, yeah, granted they should. But if you're not watching everything they watch or at least know what it is they're watching, you know, you set him in front of Bar- uh, a Barney DVD or a Barney video on YouTube, you know what he's going to see. You set him in front of a TV with a remote control, you have no idea what he's going to click on, what he's going to stop on, what he's going to see. So that is going to make a difference. And most people, most people, once they get past a certain point in their lives, I'll say once they hit puberty – they begin to develop a moral sense where they should know the difference between right and wrong and know that that should not influence your decision to be a good or bad person just seeing something on television happen like that. But with six-year-olds, they don't know the difference necessarily between reality and television. They may think television is reality. And in television, a lot of times people get shot at, they get shot, and they're just fine afterwards, you know, walking around with a bullet wound, going, oh, we'll get them next time, you know, or whatever, especially when the the big uh, ultra heroes get shot in the shoulder or something, and they're still battling it out as if they've never been touched. So, you know, who knows what inspired these kids to do this? I would really like to know. Now, in the second event that happened 23 years ago, of course, that has some more factors to play in it. So we're going to have to see what comes out of this other report to see if there are other factors that we're not seeing here. But that's just something to consider when you send your kid to first grade. Is he going to be, he or she going to be a shooter or victim of a shooting? It's hard to say. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. I am Roger B. on Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. 
Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, right before we left the record, we were talking about, basically we are talking about six-year-olds shooting each other and their teachers, which is not something you would ever think that would happen in the real world, but it has apparently twice in the last 23 years. This most recent one, just this past week. And uh, this just goes on to, uh, it, it spurs me on to tell everybody, keep your gun safe, especially when you have children in the house. The gun is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to keep it safe. It's your responsibility to keep anybody from getting a hold of it who shouldn't, whether it's a six-year-old, whether it's a teenage son or daughter, or whether it's some angry person that happens to be breaking into your house. Don't give them the opportunity to find your gun and use it on you. But certainly don't let your children have an opportunity to get to it and use it irresponsibly or illegally. You know, if if you have kids that you can't trust or you know are not trained or don't know or they're, um, I guess, rebellious in a way where they don't listen or they're disobedient, don't leave it to chance to think, oh, he won't touch my gun. He knows better. Apparently, if they're acting like that, they don't know better. So don't give them the chance to do that. Make sure you maintain the safety of your weapon at all times. And this also applies to adults who are in adult situations. If you're sitting in a restaurant eating and your gun slips out of your holster onto the bench, be aware of that. Make sure it's secured well enough to where it's not going to come out unless it is removed by you with purpose and intent. You know, and I've seen people go into the restroom and that can be kind of difficult until you figure out your system of keeping it safe, especially if you wear it on a, around your belt on a holster. You know, you loosen that belt, all of a sudden the holster sliding back and forth across the belt, trying to drag your pants down with it. There are things you can do to help minimize these work on it at home first. You know, if you're strapping on a new gun or carrying a gun for the first time ever, go to the bathroom at home, see what it's like. See how you're going to have to hold things or arrange things to where you don't have a gun flopping on the floor. Make sure it's in a holster that protects it. So if it does flop on the floor, it's not going to hit something on the way down that's going to make it fire. There are things you have to be aware of, when, especially when you're carrying a gun or you have a gun. You always have to make sure it's safe, secured, and only able to be used with your specific intent or purpose. 
Don't let, don't be a victim of an accident. Even if your own gun, don't shoot yourself with your own gun. Check it. I'd rather somebody check a gun three times to make sure it's unloaded than not check it once and have a misfire. And it's funny because <clears throat> if you search it, you can probably find it. There are videos on YouTube. There was one of a gun shop owner and they had videos and they had a little bucket of rounds sitting on the table, just various rifle pistol rounds, probably about two dozen of them sitting in a bucket. And everyone's, you know, they pointed out in the beginning of the video, don't tell you what it is though or what it's there for. Somebody brings in a gun and says, oh, I'm looking to sell this or get it worked on. She goes, oh, let me check it. He goes, oh, I checked it. It's fine. She racks that slide open. A shotgun shell flies out. A 12-gauge shotgun had one in the chamber when he brought it in and says it wasn't loaded. <laughs> I mean, granted, that's why if you work in a gun shop, you always check weapons once, twice, three times. Anytime anyone hands you a weapon, even if you just saw them clear it. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad habit to get into. Clear that weapon for your own well-being, your own peace of mind. <clears throat> you can even pull the slide back. No round pops out. What if there's a round stuck in the chamber and you, when it goes forward, it's going to be chambered? You know, be aware. Look at, look a little down the barrel. Make sure there's no round in the chamber. Make sure there's no round coming out when you pull the slide back. It takes, it takes seconds, literally seconds to make sure there's not going to be an accident. So be aware of that. And if you have a six-year-old in the house, by all means, keep the gun secure. Get a gun that if he were to find it, he would not be able to fire it easily. You know, I always say carry condition one, which is, you know, a bullet in the chamber ready to go. But if you have kids in the house, you may have to rethink that. You may have to carry it differently. You may have to have a holster that has a little more security to it. You may have to purchase a weapon with a safety to give you a little extra layer of protection, especially when dealing with very small children, because they don't know any better. They don't know what it is. They put their hands on everything. It's like infants. They put everything in their mouth. Doesn't matter what you hand them, <laughs> right, from hand to mouth, because they're looking for food all the time, kind of like a dog. A dog will smell it, and if it smells good, it's going in their mouth. So make sure your six-year-olds don't put your gun in their mouths or be, be able to take it anywhere with them. Just the fact that he took it all the way to school and mom had no idea it was missing, <clears throat> to me seems rather shocking unless it happened in a very short time period maybe he you know maybe he was sitting next to her purse in the back seat and it he reached in and took it out so she didn't even know it was gone by the time this transpired i don't know i want i would like to ask a lot more questions and i'm sure there is, is going to be a lot more information coming out about this shooting so we can figure out exactly what happened how it happened and what steps could be done to prevent it i mean maybe he was an extremely a dexterous, articulate six-year-old and was able to manage to get this gun, get it loaded, or make sure it was loaded, articulate a safety off of it, and be able to aim, point it, and shoot it, and hit his target. Now, granted, it was close range. It was in a small classroom. Now, the school, I think they said, had like 550 students in it, and it was evacuated right away after this incident happened. So it's just, uh, it's just sad. And you want to, you know, and of course they're going to try and blame the gun. And yeah, a gun is a dangerous instrument. But what if he had, you know, done it with a car? What if he had done it with a knife? What if he had done it with a, a playground toy? You know, there's, you know, kids need to be taught not to hurt other people unless they're defending themselves. And even that self-defense should not be an issue of a, a six-year-old. They should be secure enough in their life to where they don't feel like they have to defend themselves. If they do have to defend themselves against somebody, that needs to be remedied right away, whether it's in school, whether it's at home. 
Now, granted, big brothers tend to be a little aggressive sometimes toward little brothers. <laughs> so there's always going to be that. But they have to be taught there are limits to what you do. When you're wrestling with your big brother or little brother, you know you're not going to push him out a window because your mom will be very mad at you if you were to hurt your little brother or big brother like that. So, you know, within reason, these things have to be done and dealt with. But anyway, <clears throat> enough of the enough of the bad stuff. But just be aware of that. If you have this situation at home, try and assess what you need to do to make sure your weapon is safe. If you haven't thought about this, we haven't gone through the steps. After seeing an example like this, there's an expression that says smart people learn from their mistakes. Very smart people learn from other people's mistakes. So learn from this mistake that was made. And if you see something that can be improved upon or if you see an opening in your security that needs to be closed, take care of it now. Don't wait. Don't say you'll do it later. Take care of it now. So, all right. Do that. Save us all. Don't be in the news for something like this. And stay safe. All right. The next thing I want to talk about real quick is it looks like gun control might be coming our way. Well, gun control. I say uh, gun restriction may be coming our way. They're trying to put laws together. Now that the the liberals have a good hold in the Senate and a reasonable hold in the House of Representatives, it's going to be a battle for any kind of gun legislation to necessarily not go through. And I'm not going to divide them straight along party lines because a lot of the party lines, they'll fluctuate a little bit right there in the middle. That 50-50 in the Senate could fluctuate a little bit if they make a deal for something, throw something in the bill that would help that particular state senator feel like he can vote for it. If he's a, a senator in a more liberal state, he might feel like he can get away with voting for it. But there may be things coming up, and they're going to start probably, of course, assault rifle ban is what they always go for, assault rifle. It's a made-up term by the media. Trust me, no matter how many semi-automatic weapons you have, you do not have an assault weapon unless you use it to assault people. But then again, you can have an assault hammer. You can have an uh, assault baseball bat. You can have an assault frying pan. So it's not assault is not a descriptor. It is a is an action word. To assault means to act on somebody. And the weapon does not act on anybody by itself without somebody controlling it. But there's going to be these new rules coming in possibly. Hopefully they won't go through. Hopefully they'll be able to stop them and they won't go through. But there are certain things I'd like to remind you of. If you are a gun enthusiast, these are things you may want to start looking at now. If you've been putting off a purchase of something like this, now might be the time to do it. If you've been looking for an AR-15, if you've been looking for an AK-styled weapon, if you've been looking for a semi-automatic handgun with a decent capacity magazine, a double-stack weapon, 9mm or forty caliber, even forty fives can carry over 10 rounds in a double-stack magazine, so be aware of that. And I know, right now, I know tax season is coming up. At the end of this month, everyone's going to have all their W-2s, all their 1099s, all their tax statements in, and you're going to be filing those tax returns, and a lot of you may be getting a refund. And if you're getting that refund, you know, if you don't have, you know, life-sustaining bills to pay and you have some extra money that you want to put into something and you're a gun enthusiast, now might be the time to start looking to add to your collection. Because it looks like if they go after these, they're going to try and shut them down permanently. Last time we got lucky. In 1994, they passed the the crime bill, which limited magazines to 10 rounds each. But it was only passed with the 
restriction of having a sunset, which meant in 10 years from then, the bill would expire, it would no longer be effective, and they could have to revote to decide whether or not they put it back in action. At the time, fortunately, I believe George Bush was president. I think it was the second George Bush, and he opted not to renew the crime bill, which was glorious for gun rights in particular. I mean, who's to say you're... Who's to tell you need to have a restriction on your magazine capacity, but the police, the government, the military, they don't need that same restriction. It's just, I mean, tyranny is going to come from above, people. It's not coming from from your neighbor. It's not coming from the neighborhood next door. It's coming from above. And it's going to be people who are better equipped than you with no restrictions on their ability to have whatever weapons they want. So, you know, I'm not saying you should rise up and do anything, but I'm saying be equipped to handle any situation. Take every advantage you've got. If your house gets busted into by three or four guys, yeah, you want 17 or 18 or 20 rounds. You don't want to have to deal with a five or six round magazine that you have to reload three or four times. I mean, your family deserves the same protection that every politician, every government employee, every, every military soldier, they protect their family with weapons that have those capabilities. You need to have the same protection for your family. So those tax return checks are coming in. Now might be the time to start looking around, seeing what's on sale. Gun prices have stabilized. They've even been dropping some. I know the AR-15s in particular, the parts and availability of those weapons is, I won't say as good, but nearly as good as it was back in 2019 when things were, were steamrolling in. Ammo prices were super low. All right. I'm going to come back to this in a minute. I'm going to come back because you need to buy a gun if you have extra money now. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. It's all about cars and car people on the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Listen to new shows every week on AmericasWebRadio.com at 9 a.m. Eastern. After that, episodes are available there and on podcast providers such as Spotify and Google Play. Each week, Classic Auto Mall President Stuart Howden serves as your podcast host and interviews personalities from every aspect of the automotive world. Collectors, photographers, classic car dealers, and everyone in between. You don't want to miss an episode of the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Right before we left for the break, I was talking about spending your tax returns on a gun, which, you know, like I say, don't don't spend money that you need for essentials on a gun ever. That's just poor planning. But if you have extra money and you're thinking about, well, I have an old chainsaw that works, but I really want a new one, you're always going to be able to buy that as far as I can tell. I don't see the restrictions of that coming in too strong. But you know what? These gun these gun-hating nuts are going to come in here and try and restrict that right every time. And right now that the new session is going to start, had started in Congress, I think on the 20th they start, 
the new congressmen and uh, senators come in on the 20th of January. So that's going to be something. They're going to stir, want to stir things up. They're going to want to make a name for themselves. They're going to want to, if they're gun control nuts, they're going to want to step up and make a big noise and start pushing for that kind of laws, those kinds of laws, that kind of control. So if you're interested, if you think you, if you've been thinking about it, but putting it off because you want to wait and see, I'd hate to say it, but now might be the time not to wait and see. It might be the time to step up, go buy that, that rifle you want, go buy that semi-automatic pistol you want. Cause it, there may be restrictions on them. And if they start putting restrictions on them, they will have a time frame where they will probably still be available. Like existing stock will probably not be limited, but those prices are going to go skyrocketing. If all of a sudden they limit magazines to 10 rounds, every magazine over 10 rounds is going to be worth three, four, five, ten 10 times the price. And right now, good AR mags can be had for under $10. So, or if you have guns already and you say, well, I've got more guns than I can use, but your carry gun only has two magazines with it, now might be the time to look into getting extra magazines. You can, it can never hurt to have, I like to have at least six magazines for any weapon that I carry with me. I don't say I carry all the magazines with me, but if for some reason those magazines become discontinued or become hard to find, I'd like to have at least six of them. Any gun I'm going to use in a competition, I'd like to have between six and ten magazines. Because magazines are wear items. The springs wear out, the lips get bent or malformed, and sometimes they can be repaired. Other times they just need to be replaced. So it's something that will wear out. Plus, if you have this weapon that holds 15, 17, 20 rounds, and they limit your magazine capacity and your magazines wear out or you only have two, you're going to wish you had purchased more when you could. So if you can, start looking, purchase those, because now would be the time to do it. They're still relatively inexpensive. There are certain brands of guns that always have more expensive magazines than others, but a lot of standard magazines can be had now very inexpensively, especially when it comes to rifles. Across rifles, magazines tend to be more universal, like the AR platforms, you have the AR-15. The AR-10 now does come in two different varieties. But other than that, almost every other AR-10 are the same, two, one of the same two varieties. Almost all the AR-15 magazines are the same. I don't think there's any proprietary AR-15 magazines out there. There are a few companies who make caliber-specific AR-15 magazines to try and improve feeding and improve use of unusual cartridges like if you're shooting a 450 bushmaster out of an ar platform you're going to need a different follower supposedly that follower will fit in the same magazine with the same spring but it will need a new follower get these accessories while you can get these magazines while you can if you have several ar-15s i would make sure you have at least 10 mags for each one that's less than a hundred dollar investment per gun to make sure you're going to lock in your freedom for the next 20, 30, 50 years or however long this crime bill or assault rifle ban may last. As I remember, I went through the first one in 1994 and it was a panic. I don't think anybody thought it was going to pass or they didn't see the, I guess the repercussions of it. And also back then the internet was virtually non-existent. So you had to wait till things came out on TV or the newspaper before you would even know a lot of this stuff happened. A lot of people were unaware it was even up for a vote because they didn't make it very public. They did not, they didn't want a lot of people to start fighting it before they came to the votes. They didn't want people calling their congressmen and women to have them vote against this particular bill. So they passed it and overnight magazines became almost impossible to get. Or very difficult in anything over 10 rounds. 
So be aware of that. Don't get caught up in that. It doesn't hurt to have extra magazines for everything you own that takes a magazine of more than 10 rounds. Now, if you have a smaller weapon, like a, or a, a weapon that has a smaller magazine capacity, like a magazine capacity of, you know, seven, eight, nine, whatever, generally speaking, they seem to be focused on the number 10. So anything that holds less than 10 rounds, you'll probably be safer if you were to hesitate on those. Concentrate more instead on any magazines you have that are higher capacity. Anything that's over 10 rounds. Those are the ones you're going to want to spend the money on right now. <clears throat> now, granted, they may not pass any bills. They may not change anything. But it's still not going to hurt to have those magazines in your possession, to have them ready to go. And there's other things also. There's been talk in places of ammo taxes. It was the place that wanted to tax each round of pistol ammunition five cents per round. And that's another tax that, you know, if you can avoid that, you're going to be able to shoot more, get better at shooting, and not have to pay as much for ammo. And just keep in mind, if they pass a five cent per round ammo tax, what's to keep them the next year from not making it 10, 25, 50 cents a round ammo tax? Once they get it through, once the camel's nose come un- comes under the tent, there's not a whole lot you can do to stop it. That camel's coming in. These laws are coming in. If they can get the first step down, They'll get entrenched, and they'll only push harder from there. So stock up on ammo if you find it at a good price. I know the prices are still kind of high, and I hesitate to tell anybody to spend too much on ammo now, but it is plentiful. It's out there. It's available. There's been very little shortages lately, maybe a few odd calibers, but everything's getting caught back up. Now, if the ammo keeps coming in the way it is, the prices will start to drop, as, as they have been continuously over the last 12 months or so. But then there's other accessories, things that are going to make your weapon, let's say, more effective, uh, like triggers in particular. You know, a good trigger helps, but they have tactical versions of triggers that can help you make your gun more effective against multiple assailants and make them more effective as far as being having multi a multitude of uses, a, multi, a, a bigger variety of uses. And these are... Binary triggers or multi-fire triggers. There's several different varieties. The basics behind a binary trigger is it has three settings. You have the safe setting, no, no pew. Semi-auto setting, pew, 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 one pull at a time of the trigger, one fire. The binary side, you flip it over 180 degrees from the safe, a pull when you, a fire when you pull the trigger, a fire when you release the trigger. So you basically get double the fire rate with one pull and release of the trigger. Now, each one has to be an action. That's why it's a pull and release. You cannot have multi-firings on one trigger pull. But they're counting the trigger pull as one action and the release as another action. So you can get firing. So you can basically double the rate of fire from a semi-automatic weapon. Now, this, I think, can probably get you safely and easily up to about 300 rounds per minute. Now, that's not quite fully automatic, but in a controlled fire situation, you don't want to fire much faster than that. But what this does that the bump stock did not do is that binary triggers allow you to have full control over the weapon. You can shoulder that weapon. You don't have to hold it loosely or hold it a special way. You don't have to have your finger resting in there without being able to grip the grip. You fire it just like you would any other time when you're firing normally. But when you flip that switch 180 degrees, you have a fire on the pull and a fire on the release. 
Now, the one that I had experience with, I'm trying to remember the brand name. Oh, I can't think of it right now, but it had a setting where if you pull it all the way to the third setting, the binary trigger fire, you fire the first round and realize, oh, I don't want to fire the second round. I can't let go. It would allow you to put the rifle back into semi-auto or safe mode and then release the trigger without firing the second round. So you had that safety feature built into that one. Now, there are some out there that are binary triggers only. You install that trigger, you cannot fire one round anymore. It's either safe or binary, and that's it. Those are generally a little more expensive. I've seen a few of those. And I, it's not, for me, it's not what I would recommend unless you're going to build a weapon specifically for binary fire. But I would like to be able to have the control to fire one round at a time. Some of these do not. Now they also have, this is one I experienced a few weeks ago. It's an electronic digital trigger. This one lowers the trigger down to a one-pound pull, which if you've ever shot any kind of rifles or pistols, you know one pound is is almost indistinguishable from almost nothing. Super light pull, and it had a super quick reset. What it would do was fire the trigger. It would fire the round every time you pull the trigger one time, but it was digitally transferred to an electronic mechanical electromechanical system. So every time you pull that trigger one time, it was a very short pull, very quick reset, and it would fire the, the gun one time every time you pulled it. And when I played with this, you could get a very impressive fire rate out of these triggers. And they, of course, had different settings. You could change that to a heavier pull. You could change it back to a full semi-automatic mechanical pull. It had enough settings to where it was safe and it would run without the batteries. That was my first question. What if your battery goes dead? Is your gun dead? He goes, nope, you can fire it semi-auto all day long without any interference with the electronic trigger if the battery were to go out. Now, these things were not cheap. I know most binary triggers, the cheapest ones probably run about 150 up to about five, 600, up to 800 for some of the unusual guns. For an AR, they usually go up to about four to five hundred dollars. This digital trigger system, I believe, started at eight hundred dollars. It was pricey, but from what I saw and what I felt, it seemed like an amazing device. It would give your weapons all kind of flexibility that I didn't have before. So consider that, too. If you can, look that up. I don't have any links or anything to it. I don't know the company that well. I just know I saw one, played with it, liked how it worked. It was. It looks like it would make any semi-automatic rifle way more fun. I believe right now it is only available for the AR platforms, so keep that in mind. But that's something, you know, if you want to get something like that, now might be the time to do that. Also, pistol braces, which I spoke in length about last week. These have constantly been on and off the radar from the ATF. First, they were okay if you fired them without touching your shoulder. If you just put them on your cheek or somewhere else or on your chin, that was legal. But then they said, okay, putting it on your shoulder doesn't change the description of the weapon as much as they thought it would. So they decided to leave it alone. You could put it on your shoulder if you want. For This is for stability with a short barrel pistol firing a rifle cartridge. Interpret that how you will. It, uh, or even a pistol caliber carbine with a short or a pistol caliber pistol that's built on a, a carbine type chassis. So that's a big clunky pistol that looks like a submachine gun but fires semi-auto. And having a pistol brace on that will allow you to brace it in three places versus two. So keep that in mind also. Now these, they may be coming after also. This is something that has seen some attention in the past. Although I think at last count they had about 5 million of these in circulation. 
So it would be difficult for them to make criminals out of 5 million people overnight just by outlawing this particular accessory. And again, changing an accessory on a weapon does not change its, not change its, it should not change its definition. And that was the last ATF ruling on that from what I remember. Now there are length restrictions and things like that when using a pistol, right? It can't be too short. I don't know what these are. You're going to have to look these up on your own because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But you have to know, if you're looking at a pistol brace, this might be another thing that may come under extreme government control without any way to go back on that. And they may grandfather in the ones you have, but they may not be able to sell new ones. And these are relatively inexpensive now. You can buy a basic pistol brace that slips onto an M4 carbine buffer tube that is a brace these are running, I think, uh, between 40 and $60 just for the replacement part. Now, if you get the brace with the adjustable buffer tube, then it's going to be a little more. But a lot of these braces will fit on standard AR-15 carbine buffer tubes. <clears throat> so keep that in mind. If it's an adjustable stock on your weapon, you could probably swap it out for a pistol brace. However... I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the law says you may not convert a, a pistol to a rifle, which you would not be doing here, but you can convert a rifle to a pistol. It seems backwards, but that's what I remember reading on that. Now, again, that law may have changed. I'm not an attorney. Don't take me at this. Do your research before you purchase or build anything. Make sure what you're building is legal and follows the guidelines that the ATF has set forth. But if you're looking for these accessories, even if you don't have a build going, even if you just think in the future you might, now would be the time to start looking at a pistol brace, to start looking at a binary or multi-fire trigger system. Now would be the time to do that because just like all these other guns that they have in their sights, these are going to be the first ones that they come after. These are going to be the ones that lead the charge as far as gun restriction go. These are going to be the ones that help take away your Second Amendment rights. They're not going to come after it all at once. They're going to boil the frog, which if you don't know what that means, you put a frog into a pan of cold water, he'll sit there, let you heat it up slowly until he boils to death. You drop him in a pot of hot water, he will jump out as quick as you put him in. They're going to slowly boil this down and take all our rights away one at a time if they decide to follow this route. And it's going to happen so slowly, no one's going to know. You're going to have people going, oh, I'm just interested in hunting. I don't need to worry about what an AR-15 does. I don't need that. Oh, you're interested in hunting. Well, now you can only have a four-round magazine in your gun. Oh, well, mine's five rounds. Well, that gun is now illegal unless you can find a different magazine for it or use it as a one-shot weapon, single-shot weapon. Oh, well, that's not fair. I go, well, you didn't want to stand up and fight when they were trying to take magazines away of more than ten rounds. Now they're dropping it down to five rounds. Now all of a sudden you wake up. Don't let them take rights away just because you are not using them at the time. Say, I have a car. It doesn't mean someone can come take it from me because I'm not using it at the time. I want it in my garage. I want it in my stockpile. I want these rights in my back pocket, in my bag of American rights. I want that right in there. I don't want anybody to chisel away at it. I don't want them to cut pieces off of it. I want it to remain fully intact and fully available whenever I decide I want to exercise it or decide I want to use it. It's funny how it seems like the Second Amendment is the only amendment that they try and make laws to violate. You rarely see them make freedom of speech restrictions. 
you rarely see them make voter restrictions. In fact, they try to remove as many voter restrictions as possible. Some states, you don't even need to be a citizen to vote. Or if you are, you don't have to prove it to anybody. And people say, oh, let's make, you know, let's make buying a gun like getting a, like, like voting. There's so many restrictions on voting. Well, yeah, if you can come into this country from somewhere else and buy a gun legally through legal channels, let me know. Cause that's not supposed to happen. It doesn't happen. There are people who will steal things. Yes. But you cannot buy one legally in this country without being a citizen and without having proper ID, being the proper age, and passing a criminal background check. Could you imagine if they did criminal background checks on all people voting? Oh, my gosh. People would get so upset. Imagine having to have a voter card where you had to have a background check by the FBI before you were allowed to vote. (laughs) That would limit a lot of people. Right now, you don't even have to prove you're alive to vote. Just get a ballot mail to the house, fill it out, send it back in under anybody's name, boom, you're done. No problem there at all. So there you go. Be aware of that too. Don't let them take these rights away from you because once they go away, they're not coming back. We got really lucky with the last assault rifle ban and that it had the sunset built in. So for 10 years, we had a chance to live under the restrictions that were there. And it brought out some crazy, ridiculous things in the gun world because they had issues with flash suppressors, which do not make a gun any more deadly, any more dangerous. It just, you know, it just uh, uh, muzzle brakes were okay. A muzzle brake was okay. So depending on how you classify the end of your weapon as a muzzle brake or a flash suppressor, determine whether it was legal or not. A pistol grip was considered a dangerous accessory. But if you had a thumb hole stock, that was considered legal. If the pistol grip was attached to the back stock somehow in some sort of way, that was legal. That was a thumb hole stock. That did not violate the safety rules of 1994. The capacity of the magazines... That they limited also. Now, one way they did this with some of the guns, they actually limited the magazines they could accept. And they tried to make their standard magazines proprietary so you couldn't use the older, higher-capacity magazines in them. I remember one particular gun. It was an AK platform. And if you're familiar with the AKs, they have a lip that feeds in the front. And that lip hooks goes under a hook, slides backwards, locks into place. And where that lip was, they put a little pin and that pin, the magazine had to be slotted to go in front of that pin to be able to lock in to be able to put into the gun. So a standard magazine wouldn't go past that pin. You couldn't use it. Now, I've heard stories. Guys talk. Word gets around. You hear things. I've heard stories. People took a chisel and knocked that little pin out. And then it would take any magazine they wanted. That was an AK platform. So, But they were trying all kinds of things to limit the magazine capacity. And I have a feeling they learned a lot from the last 10-year magazine ban they put into place. And they're going to try and fill in, cover up, remove every possible advantage that somebody could have trying to exercise their Second Amendment rights. I was going to say loopholes, but the loophole would be that they can even restrict them at all. The fact that they can pass a law to restrict your magazine capacity or the type of weapon that you can have is a restriction on the Second Amendment rights altogether. Shall not be infringed has no ambiguity. There's no question what it means. It is finite. It is clear. It is easy to understand. That's why the founders wrote it the way they did. 
And they did not write it for hunting. They did not just come back from a turkey hunt and decide to write the Second Amendment. They just came back from fighting the one of the largest empires in the known world at the time and coming out on the successful end of what the British obviously considered a civil war. <laughs> because they thought we were all British citizens and we didn't want to be anymore because they weren't allowing us to represent ourselves with when it came to taxes. And they were using the colonies to raise revenue, which the colonies didn't like because they were not getting getting the benefit of these revenues. The king in England was getting all the benefit of these revenues. And when they finally pushed too hard, we said we'd had enough. And we came back from fighting a revolutionary war. We didn't put in the Constitution, oh, we have to make sure we're always allowed to hunt turkeys and deer and dove. That has to be in the Constitution. We have to protect our hunting rights. No. They were saying you could have whatever weapon was necessary to defend yourself against injustice, against illegal People trying to perpetrate acts of violence or perpetrate acts of, you know, robbery, whatever it was, perpetrate acts of violate your your privacy or your person, your property rights. You have the right to protect yourself against all these intrusions, all these violations with no restrictions shall not be infringed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's clear. It's concise. It means exactly what it says. And don't let people try and tell you that militia means military. At the time, militia were exactly that, citizens who were fighting to defend their rights. It was not the military, because military was a term that was developed back then. Militia was a term that was used to describe individual citizens who were standing up for their rights, grouping together for a common cause. So don't let them try and confuse you by saying militia and military are the same term. They are not. In fact, oh, God, I think there was one state. I want to say it was Missouri. Somebody who said anybody over the age of 18 is automatically in the Missouri militia. Now, what did that mean? Nothing, really. It just meant you were in a militia. So if they said something about Second Amendment rights and militias, you could say, hey, everybody over 18 in Missouri is in a militia. <laughs> automatically in. So there you go. We just protected rights of everybody in that state. Now, that's something I wish every state who believed in gun rights should do. Automatically make it. Once you turn 18, you're automatically in a militia. You'd be no, it doesn't have to be a designation, nobody to report to, no, nowhere to go. It just bestows upon you automatically upon the upon your 18th birthday. Just like the right to vote does. It falls upon you on your 18th birthday all you have to do is sign up if you want to vote. The militia, you don't even have to sign up. You have that right sitting in your back pocket if you ever wanted to use it, exercise it, or make reference to it. Could you imagine that? Oh, my God. All these states pass the automatic militia law. You're in a militia if you're over 18 in every all these gun-friendly states. Then, of course, the militia argument goes away from the anti-gun people, people on the left going, oh, no, militia means military. Nope. Everybody in our states is in the militia automatically, whether they like it or not. Well, how do you prove that? You go, they exist, they're here, they're 18. That's all they need to know. Anybody over the age of 18 is automatically in a militia. Now, they may have restrictions for for uh, for people who are not allowed to own weapons or not allowed to use weapons. You know, if you don't have if you don't have the right to vote, then you certainly would not have the right to be in a militia. But if it was just an automatic thing that was put into place, I think that would be a phenomenal idea. If there's any lawmakers listening, which I doubt, I don't know, I don't think I have you seven people who listen to me every week, you know who you are. But if you can refer this to lawmakers, maybe especially state lawmakers, that's where it's going to originate from. Militias come from the states. 
get somebody to pass a law. Like I say, it wouldn't even, it would not change anything. It would just be on the books that anybody in this state who's a legal citizen automatically becomes in the state militia at the age of 18. Don't have to do anything. Don't have to sign anything. Don't need a card to carry. Just automatically in. Bang. Boom. Like in Georgia, they just passed constitutional carry last year. So now I'm seeing a little bit more of that here and there. A few people carrying carrying weapons open, which to me is not the best idea. I don't want to portray myself as a target. But the fact that some of these people don't have to have permits, I guess it makes it easier for them to want to do it. Because even if they can carry legally, sometimes they don't want to go through the extra steps it takes to get the permit. I personally think it's worth it if you're a gun collector or you plan on purchasing a weapon. Having the permit makes your background check go that much faster, that much quicker, and that much less expensive for the gun dealer. So you may get a little break in price if you're uh, if you're doing that. Because they have to pay for internet service. They have to pay for the time it takes an employee to run the background check, get a yeah, yes or no. If you have a common name, I highly recommend getting a permit to carry. <clears throat> Because if you have a common name and somebody else who's not a good person has a common name, they may confuse you very easily and they may lump you into the crowd and it may delay your being able to purchase a weapon. So be aware of that too. If you have a chance to get a permit, most of the time they're very reasonably priced. And George, I know they're, I think they're less than $100 for five years. So it's very inexpensive. So it's very well worth the price if you plan on purchasing weapons. It's good to have it. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Plus, for reciprocity, if you travel, you want to show proof that you have a right to carry in your state. Even if Georgia is a right to carry state, other states are not, and they require proof that you have a permit because they honor concealed carry permits. They don't necessarily honor all the rights of other states, but they will honor concealed carry permit so get the permit if you travel it gives you reciprocity in so many states and more and more states are working on reciprocity with other states now to kind of draw a uniform line across the across the country where just like a driver's license you don't have to get a new driver's license when you go to alabama missouri new jersey california they will honor whatever license you have from whatever state you're with all right, go get your gun permit, purchase new guns, get some more ammo, buy all the accessories you want with your tax return, and I'll talk to you next week. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.